0: Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat, so you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos, or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything.
1: Hey, Craig. Yeah. Yeah. We're
2: going dancing.
1: Yes, we are.
2: And you you can't see way. it right
1: now, but I'm I'm dancing in my chair to our opening song.
2: How can you not?
1: I, Yeah, I mean, I'm like Charlize Ledger Walker dancing in that Cammie Etheridge video. Or Charlize, Charlize Ledger, Ledger dancer. dancer. <laughs> For people who didn't get that joke, we're going to have to explain it to them.
2: Yeah. I still think that tweet should be doing better numbers. Honestly. Yeah, Whatever. I do too.
1: A good pun should never go uh, unrecognized.
2: Charlie's appreciate it. That's all. Nice. All right. All right. All right. Welcome to Podcast Versus Everyone. I'm Craig Powers. This is episode 117. and
1: Seventeen.
2: Seventeen. It's right in front of you on, on the screen. Yeah, uh, and with me as always, you've heard him. His, his name is Jeff Newser. Um, yeah, for
1: the for the second time this week. Good Lord, it must be special because I'm too old to be doing two podcasts in a week.
2: Well, we had this one planned, and then we John did. and the last one decided that he wanted to do a podcast with us, and we we couldn't say no. <laughs> We're certainly not uh, but, saying
1: no to that. <laughs>
2: um, I do want to introduce our our uh, our. Guest. We have another guest, yeah. but I got to get our introduction song. I was going to say, is she getting the proper
1: um, introduction song? Of
2: course. Oh, I, I, video plays after ad, of course.
1: <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. It's a high-quality uh, production. Sorry, she, guest. She's clearly uh, impressed right now.
2: Yeah, she's very impressed uh, with what we're doing here. Video plays after ad. Oh, it's a hyper uh, high, uh, high
1: production quality going on here. All right. Okay, are we ready?
2: And now... Six foot one from, or is it two, no six foot one from uh, University of Idaho, and works for some other school in Spokane. We won't talk about that. <laughs> and a Pac twelve TV analyst, Alyssa Charleston. Woo!
1: Let's go.
3: Yeah. How about Love that?
0: It. Oh, I'm it so fired Takes you back to your up.
1: playing days, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. I was trying to
0: think of some sort of joke to say like, okay, my reaction plays after the ad, but no, that was,
3: that was pretty incredible.
0: That gets me fired up.
2: Uh, welcome. So, uh, on. Well, yeah, thank you, Alyssa. So um, for those who aren't familiar, um, uh, Lisa, uh we are uh, official big fans of here, of her here on the podcast. Um, um, she's now a friend of the podcast because she has joined us. Uh, she that's is great. a Pac-12, she, beginning, um, just at the end of last year, became a, a TV analyst uh, f- uh, in-game and then on a and, and, uh, sideline for the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, just an excellent uh, analyst. I'm a big fan. We'll get into uh, her skills, um, but Alyssa, we know that uh, you want to talk the Cougs, and that's why you came on, so... Um, Jeff and I are obviously super excited right now. Um, I know you're not a Coug, but I know you followed this team closely. Um, so, uh, uh, how are you feeling about, uh, Etheridge's squad getting into the, the big dance?
0: Oh, I love to see it. Love to see it. I mean, when I was at KXLY as a sports anchor, I covered, you know, Cougar athletics for so long, and it's really hard not to have a little bit of a, you know, affinity for the Cougs and Coug fans and, Um, nothing like it, but I don't, it's really hard to not be a fan of this women's basketball team. I mean, if you watch them throughout the year, um, getting to see them in person for me in a year where many people don't, this team is just special. Like that's what I've just been saying and realizing each time I get to watch them. And I kind of felt pretty strong that after they got that UW win at the end of the regular season, they'd be in, but to get that Utah win, I think was helpful at the Pac-12 tournament. And I'm really excited to see what they do in the dance because I already like, I mean they've got some good dancers already on Twitter, like you mentioned earlier. Um very impressive. So I was so pumped to see that.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it was, was we yeah, we were perfect. super pumped too. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was it's it, it funny that as it turned out they weren't maybe as close to the bubble as we thought. Like um, you know, we were nervous. Craig was, Craig, Craig would have been pacing around his house had he not had a blown out Achilles. Instead, he was sort of, <laughs> oh, you know, kind of, kind of scooting around on his little scooter. But, um, but we were, we were nervous. I was so nervous, I didn't even watch. Um, I was playing video games because I was like, I don't think I can handle this if it takes an hour to get through. Uh, if they're not in like the the first couple of regions, I'm gonna start freaking out uh t- as oh. it turned out they were in the first one, which they know, heard Craig the second let me know. game announced yeah yeah Craig <laughs> let me know that pretty quick. I was like, oh well that's that's fantastic, but yeah like I, I mean to me, it certainly seemed like uh the committee gave them a ton of credit for playing in a an extremely extremely difficult league um and were able to to sort of overlook the you know the the record that looked fairly yeah. Um, but you know, wasn't really propped up at all by a bunch of non-conference wins because of the situation. So I don't know, just like, were you surprised at all by, by how high they were seated?
0: I, I was a little bit surprised that they got the nine because most of like Charlie Cream, you know, super expert man had them at like 11, I think before
3: mm.
0: around, you know, like around that UW win, I can't remember if it was before or after, but to get a nine seed, that was fantastic. And it totally echoed the respect to the Pac-12 because night in, night out, like you're playing top 10 teams constantly and to not get blown out by those teams. Like the only tough games for Washington State was against Stanford and everybody, almost everybody got blown out by Stanford. So like to be able to beat top 10 teams in and out, I think Kami mentioned in one of our pregame interviews, like when we were talking to coaches before calling a game, they were the only team in the Pac-12 to play Stanford, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, and Arizona
2: twice each, yeah. which is And they didn't tough. play Cal at all.
0: <laughs> that's right. And Cal was the worst team in the comp. Yeah. yeah. And UW. So yeah. uh, that's just insane. And so I think, like, if anything, they're really emphasizing quality of opponents and obviously going with that net, um, net ranking for the first time this year for the women's side.
2: Yeah, and I think the, the quality wins really helped them because, you know, mm-hmm. getting the Arizona and UCLA, obviously, but that Oregon State win, Oregon State made a nice charge at the end of the season, and they were in the top 40 of net by the end of the season. So that, the win at home and the win at the road become huge wins, uh, you know, and then that win at Colorado became huge by the end of the season. Yeah. So they really had five really good wins out of, you know, And and when you're only playing 23 games, like, to have that many quality wins. And like you said, getting that UW win was huge. Just beating Utah and UW at the end of the season to avoid it, they really didn't have any bad losses. Um, Those were really the only teams that maybe could have been bad losses, and they avoided that. Um, I think some people look at the USC game as maybe a bad loss, but uh, USC, it was just one of those teams that was just – their talent is through the roof, but they just could never get it together. Um, but you, they didn't have any bad losses. They had five great wins, and we were just hoping and hoping that that would be what would get them over and and yeah, a nine seed. Which of course, then then you then you start looking at it, you're like, maybe I wanted a ten seed instead. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: the USF team, South Florida is no joke. Yeah,
2: yeah. and then and then the I think there's a very clear. It, top four teams this year and uh so you're you're getting four i mean it's better to get nc state i think if you win Mm -hmm. than stanford and we're not assuming they beat south florida but just looking at the bracket and getting stanford or uconn or baylor i was a baylor the other one yeah um so like uh, they probably got the easiest of the ones. so maybe they were one of the stronger nines even so they might be even farther in than we thought but um but yeah, um, let's let's talk about yeah. The, so they're playing South Florida Sunday night, six thirty um, on ESPN two, which is really cool. Um, I I would gather that um, I don't know, maybe the, in the WNIT they might have been on ESPN, but they have very rarely been um, mm-hmm. um, on you know broadcast on ESPN. So that's really cool. Um, there's going to be a lot more Cougs, a lot more people going to be able to see them, um, and and so. I know I talked to you a little bit before uh, and I know you've done some research on USF. So kind of, you, you just said they were, they're a tough team. So what about them? What about it makes them a tough team?
0: Yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing is there's nobody on their roster above six, three. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, right off the bat, they, you look at some of their film and they are athletic. They move around really well. They also shoot the three like lights out. They really rely on it, which actually, as you guys know, entering the NCAA tournament is kind of like makes other teams salivate a little bit because you can't, if you live by the three, you also die by the three. Um, I'm sure I'm the first person to say that, but
3: um,
0: (laughs) they average like 7.6 a game around there. So uh, you look at all their highlights and they're just killing it from three. And they have really, like, I guarantee their practices are like working on fast releases because they let go of the ball so fast and it's almost every single person on their team that can drain. So um, the good thing is Washington State plays like ninety nine percent man, and South Florida kind of mm-hmm. goes off against zones, so that's gonna be good and Washington state also puts the the cool thing that I don't think June Doherty's teams really had much of was Washington State puts so much pressure on the wings, and like defensively they just get out and in you they're really physical, and mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be helpful against South Florida because. They've got really athletic finishers. If you let them get past you kind of like that first step, um, they're going to be able to explode past you and straight straight to the rim. So I think uh, the fact that Washington State has gone against great athletes all season long is really going to help them. But the um, South Florida, the thing is, Lo, the, the record is really impressive, yes, but... They are, their best win is against like Mississippi state who was ranked sixth or seventh at the time, but they ended up being like 10 and nine. They're not making the tournament this year. So that's really their, I think most impressive win. And then you don't have Yukon in the American athletic conference anymore. So
3: yeah.
0: I think the scariest thing is just, they've got athletes that can defend pretty well and get to the rim and finish strong. And they also can light it up from beyond the arc.
2: Yeah, it's funny. My brain immediately thought when I, when they popped up on the screen against us and said American champion, my brain my brain immediately thought like, wait, did they beat UConn? <laughs> yeah.
3: I, like, no, they
2: didn't. Right. And, and no like, way. <laughs> no way. And then I was like, oh no, I had to look. I was like, they're in the Big East again. That's right. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, we uh, you know, we're big on uh, you know, on, on the men's side, Kempon. There isn't a Kempon. But uh, there is a, a site called Her Hoop Stats that we that I like to use. Um, so they do some of the opponent-adjusted stuff. So uh, interesting. Um, yeah, they definitely rely on the three. Um, overall, their offense, like when you adjust it for their opponents, obviously WSU played a much more difficult schedule. Um, mm. they, they're 251st in adjusted offensive efficiency, so um, average points per – Possession, 100 possessions uh, adjusted for opponent. It's actually, and the, but their defense really impressive. 27th, um, averaging um, adjusted to like if you were to play an average opponent, they give up uh, just under 88 points a game per 100 possessions. So, um, and they play at a pretty decent pace, 71 possessions. So, um, or yeah, so it. It and given that WSU um, has a pretty strong defense too. Uh, mm-hmm. they're they're pretty high up there um, as you said they're 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 much more attacking defense and, and uh, causing turnovers you know with uh, crystal and, and Charlize are, are great at stealing the ball and uh, um, but you know Wsu is uh they're 136th in in defense but 46th in offense which is interesting it's um, because so yeah. you watch the you know, WSU, you kind of think they're defense but uh I it's probably because they they get in a lot of grinder games at uh, Pac-12 is just a, just a grind, but, uh, and they play quite, they quite pay it, play at quite a slow pace. So um, yeah. slowing, slowing USF down might, might help a little bit too. Right.
0: Yeah. Big time. And I think, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how turnover prone USF is all the time. I think they've got a pretty veteran squad, so that's going to mm-hmm. help them in the tournament. Um, and I know, We've seen they're them pretty, in the pretty good,
2: yeah. They, they're pretty low turnover rates. So they're like 58th in turnover rate. So, uh, yeah, they okay. don't turn it over much. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And you saw Washington State kind of take advantage of, like, the younger teams when they had those big mm-hmm. turnover games, you know, against, like, Oregon State, and they turned that into, like, 31 points of offense. So that totally makes sense. I think – What's going to be huge, huge is Bella Mercatete, like
3: mm-hmm. big time.
0: Yeah. And Ula, I mean, Ula is always so solid and like the silent assassin defensively. Yeah. Like she totally leads the way, but can Bella keep her head in the game and stay disciplined? Because that's going be to be huge. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. outside of her, no one can match up, I don't think, as well with uh, some of USF's bigs. So yeah, hopefully I Bella it's... gets her mind right.
1: I was gonna say it's interesting that um that you mentioned that they're not really big because their rebounding stats are what really jump off the page to me is I'm I'm just kinda of doing a, a stat scout here. Mm-hmm. Um they they rate, you know, extremely high in both offensive and defensive rebounding percentage. Um and WSU has been kinda of hit and miss in those ways. In yeah. fact, some games they've they've really kinda of, Especially gotten in trouble on the defensive glass, um, been unable mm-hmm. to keep teams from second chance points. I know USC, you know, killed him with that. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. the loss to to Colorado toward the end of the season that was a major issue. Um, so yeah, it seems it seems like this would be a really 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 good game for for Bella to to not be in foul trouble and and mm-hmm. do what she does best.
2: Yeah, cause yeah. M, like Eminem Ninkar coming off the bench usually for Bella and she's, she's got the height. Uh, she's not quite as laterally quick, not, not quite as athletic, um, no. not quite as good of a rebounder. And, and if you're putting her out there against these uh, quicker bigs, it's interesting. Uh, Bethy Manunga is their best rebounder. She's a very good rebounder and she's only six foot, um, which wow. is, you know, the same height as uh, uh, Ula. Um, but she's one of the better rebounders in the, in the country, uh, really, um, 28% defensive rebounder percentage and 14% offensive rebound percentage. So both those are just crazy high, way, way higher than anyone on WSU has. But again, yeah. we always, we always have like, you know, with some of these stats, like when you, you have to kind of factor in the competition too, of course, like, um, you know, is she doing that against Stanford's front line, against UCLA's front line, you know, um, right. But still it shows that she has the ability. Um one player that uh jumps out to me statistically is uh Elisa Penzan. Of course I have no idea if I'm saying her name right or whatever, but um
0: I think it is, yeah.
2: Um she actually uses uh um like she or, I'm sorry, not Elisa Penzan, but um and, and then Elena Sineki. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, she, uh, actually, so Lisa Pinzon's an efficient player and, and, uh, Alina Sinecki is actually, uh, she is actually even more a focal point of USF's offense than is of WSU's offense. So that tells you how much she like has the ball in her hands. Um, and like you said, she, she likes to shoot threes. She shoots, uh, almost 38% of her shots are three pointers, um. Uh, and she, you know, she, uh, you know, s- shoots him decently well, like 32%, but that, that's, you know, that's like about w- what Charlie shoots them as well, because they're taking a lot of tough shots. So she definitely is someone to keep an eye on. Um, and that, that Manunga as well, uh, they definitely have some players. Sydney Harvey, uh, she's, she's, she uses a high, um, uses at a high rate as well, but she's still also pretty, pretty, pretty efficient. So, um, yeah, they have some players like There's no doubt. Like there's a reason they're an eight seed. Uh, um, they were pretty high in the net. I think they're 24. Um, so and, and given that WSU, uh, I we're hoping that um, Jeff and I know you've talked about this. We're hoping that, you know, kind of this two and a half weeks off is what especially the Ledger Walker sisters and, and Ula need because they were playing some heavy, heavy minutes. Yeah. Wait, were you talking to Jeff? Yeah, I was. <laughs> oh, you were yeah. to Oh Yeah, man. I was. I, <laughs> I, I, I even said your name, buddy. <laughs> I,
1: well, no, I thought I didn't know you were like telling me. I thought you were saying we had talked about this. And I'm like, yeah, we talked about it. So anyway, yeah, so that was kind of actually the direction I, I wanted to go to because I'm like, we've talked enough about USF. Let's talk about our awesome players. Yeah. Um, like, So one thing I noticed, USF, they will put people on the free throw line. Um, that mm-hmm. seems to be kind of their um, their their one kind of chink in the armor on defense. Uh, you know they got an excellent two point defense, excellent three point defense, uh, but they will put you on the line. And that seems like, to me, seems like an opening there for Charlize, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as Craig just mentioned, and as I so artfully screwed up, um, mm-hmm. you know, we've discussed how her ability to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim just, like, like really, she just seemed to be suffering from some tired legs at the end of the season. She was just relied on so heavily for so long. Um, and, and I know she's not a typical freshman because of her international experience and things like that. I mean, she's, you know, she she's you know she can do more than what you would expect from a typical freshman, but it sure seemed like even she was maybe not immune uh, to playing. You know, thirty eight minutes plus however many overtime games we had and and all mm-hmm. that. Um, the. Burst That was so good. I mean, there were so many times this year where, and I was kind of a late comer to the party, you know, they kind of showed me they were good. And then I went, Oh, I probably should start watching them. Um, Mm -hmm. and the thing that always kind of got me about Charlize was, was really her first step is so good. Um, it's so quick and it's so efficient really like, um, I don't know that she's the quickest player, but, but like she, um, you know, she just, she just seems to move so smoothly and with such a, um, a compact burst and and I'm thinking, I'm hoping that um, that that some time off and some of this rest will will rejuvenate um, a little bit of what what wore down as the season went on. It, you know, and maybe you could talk about like what it's like to play, you know, heavy minutes week after week after week, and kind of how that feels at the end of a season for a player.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's such a good point because she has had heavy minutes, and she does rely on. Like, not exactly speed, but power. Like, she's so yep. efficient with her movement and, like, savvy decisions. Honestly, when I think about getting into the tournament, it's like you obviously, uh, for us, we had to, at, in the WAC, uh, the old WAC, when it was a little bit more legit than it is now. But um, it, it your feet wear on you. Like, your feet just ache. All your body just it feels different than at the start of the season. And she has been the epicenter of the scouting report for every other team in the pac 12 so one of the like top two conferences in the nation every single team in that conference is eyeing in on charlie sludger walker every single game and she's still able to put up you know 16 to 20 shots a game and yes not all of them are going in sometimes she was inefficient but she's still putting up shots and making enough of a move to put up a legitimate shot. So, like, that wears on you over and over. You're going against every team's best defender, sometimes two, sometimes three, you know, getting in those gaps. So that totally wears on you physically and mentally, too. I mean, that was a really frustrating Arizona game. You could see it on their faces. Mm -hmm. Like, I was right there, and they're in your face the whole game, and they just don't – there's no relenting. And to see it on court level for the first time, like I did at the Pac-12 tournament, like I was further away and it's harder to see um, how much effort another team puts into the defensive game plan for Charlize, but seeing it in person, um, it was a whole nother level. It's just constant contact, always pulling on your jersey, always kind of putting an elbow in your rib, I mean, nonstop. So that is a really good point about having some of this time to like, you know, get in some ice baths and put your feet up and obviously they'll be practicing, but they won't be practicing quite as intensely um, until they get, you know, closer to – and, I mean, obviously, once you get really close, you're not really doing much. But um, I think giving her some time to mentally and physically recoup is going to be huge.
2: Yeah, and interesting. I, I saw in their uh, their watch party that Ulo was wearing a boot. Um, I, I have heard from coaches before that players – they, they'll just put players in boots uh, mm-hmm. if they haven't even the slightest thing have you experienced that before um, i had
0: some yeah i had some teammates that had to be in it like in between things and it was like more stress reactions
3: mm-hmm.
0: um that you're trying to play through but they're not broken so it's like I mean, no podiatrist would recommend you know playing through a stress <laughs> reaction, but if you're in the middle of the season, like all you care yeah. about is a trophy or all you care about is another win. So, um, yeah, I d- actually didn't notice that in that until just now. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, her right foot is in a boot. So um, I'm assuming the way she's celebrating, she's still going to be yeah. you know yeah, good she- to go. But that totally is has has been something that you know I've seen teammates do and you know players in the Pac-12. You know, kind of taking as much care of themselves in between games as they can. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's, since you were fortunate enough to see this team play in person this year, and uh, it's, I, I, you know, we, I, I don't want to always talk about Charlize, but she's just such a superlative player that I can't avoid it. Like, <laughs> um, so it's funny. Cami has talked about, Cami Etheridge has talked about uh, just, how Charlie's looks like sometimes teams uh, don't take her seriously because she just doesn't look like this like star athlete because she's got, you know, she's kind of like a stockier build and, and, and she's, you know, she's not super tall. She doesn't look super quick. Uh, but what is it like seeing her in person? And do, do you get that first impression like that or, or or does it take not long for you to figure out that that she can she can hoop and she's like an incredible player?
3: Yeah,
0: very unassuming at the start for sure. Like you I mean, she's she's taller than I thought she was, honestly, because I'm about 6-1. Um like you guys mentioned in my sweet intro, <laughs> I hadn't been like on the same level as her and she was taller than I thought she was. So she's like, I mean, I don't know what she's listed at, but I would put her at like 5'9 eh, 5'9 probably and yeah. like just like built not even stocky just like um strong and mm-hmm. the the thing that i think really benefits her is she's played international ball and she's played above her level for years yeah. so she's always played you know a few years above and um she does things that international players like we had like six or seven on idaho and my junior and senior year And they do things that you're just not used to because it's not how Americans play basketball. I had an Australian teammate that had a knack for like stealing the ball when you come down from a rebound and she would come out of nowhere. And she just took it from people at will. She would also do a ton of other things. And she was Australian. And I see so much of her in Charlize because Mm -hmm. she plays at her own pace. She's patient. No one speeds her up. Like that's one thing when we were talking to other coaches before, you know, getting ready to play Washington state, they were like, yeah, they had such high praise for Charlize, first of all, but they were also like, she's unlike any athlete in the pac 12 because you can't speed her up. You try to make her play faster. And she really doesn't like, she is so disciplined in that way. You know, sometimes she won't take perfect great shots, but, um, just her discipline, her mental, like, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to jump, stop here. I'm going to read over here. I'm going to tunnel through and like throw this crazy pass." Um, and her jumper and just use her body when she's in the air too. Like she'll go up for a lefty lay-in and use so much of her right arm and shoulder to yeah. like create separation at the rim. And like the that was the overtime winner against Arizona. Yep. I mean, where she kind of went from right to left and, oh, it was a thing of beauty. But yeah, yeah just, it that savvy, you know, she knows how to play against older people, against guys, against anyone in the Pac-12 now.
1: Is there another player that sort of sticks out to you in this one for WSU that um you know everybody's always looking for x factors right like who's the person who's going to who's going to jump up and uh you know maybe you know, give, give a key contribution or somebody who's gonna need it. You know, Bella's obviously someone we've already talked about. Charlize is gonna need to, to carry the load, um, as she normally does. Um, who, who is someone else that you're like, yeah, this person could, could really maybe have a little bit of an outsized impact on this game. Is it someone like Joanna, uh, Titter who, you know, is it an excellent three-point shooter who could, you know, is going to get some opportunities here in this game? Is it, you know, Crystal Ledger-Walker because she just has the ball in her hands so much? I mean, what what do you kind of see as far as that goes?
0: Um, it really depends on what USF tries to do. But Johanna has been absolutely lights out against Oregon mm-hmm. State. And I think against, shoot, I think it was against UW. She hit like five or she hit yep. seven threes against UW. So, yeah, I think she had yeah. two or three points. And, yeah, yeah. Just and she goes off because the defense keys so much on on Charlize, and they try to like give they try to make other players beat you. And I think Johanna has stepped up like twice in those situations, and that's going to be huge. But uh, the thing is, is her game is a little bit limited to three. I know she can get to the rim, but she doesn't do it often. Um, I think how Crystal Ledger Walker handles the ball is going to be the most important thing next to maybe Charlize and Bella, like her, her games where she's assisting like crazy is where they got back on track. And Mm -hmm. Cammy mentioned that, like she had 11 assists against Utah, the in the regular season game, like that got them back on track because she was smart with the ball. And she was just such a threat because yes, she's a scoring threat. But when she's distributing and making good decisions as a senior, that's huge for them. That's so, so important. So I think um, the way that she plays is huge. And then one thing that we haven't talked about and we didn't really even mention the Pac-12 tournament either is Sherilyn Molina. Right. Uh, oh, Craig
1: Craig has mentioned her. Um, have you? Way to go. Uh, yeah. yeah to it's, go. It's, <laughs> In terms it's of the how mu- just how much her absence has meant.
3: Yeah,
0: it's huge. And, like, they didn't really speak much about it, you know, done with the season for personal reasons. I don't know. Have they, they haven't released anything since no. then, right?
1: nope no, no
2: yeah
0: but losing her is like that Cami was very clear about that she's a spark plug she's an energy player she can get to the rim uh she plays so fearlessly and she is really not going to take really bad shots you know mm-hmm. there's always going to be players that try to get to the rim and try to do weird stuff with the ball at the end where you're just like why 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 why, why? when you have charlise and you have crystal um but she didn't make those bad decisions and she was a huge part of that arizona win so that's a huge bummer, and honestly, they do look like a very different team without
2: her. Yeah, she's basically your your six, you know, your first person off the bench, and uh, her last game was that UCLA win, and they went on a four-game losing streak. I I honestly believe they would have won at least two of those. We might be talking about a six seed, you know, six yeah. or seven seed right now um, instead of a nine seed. Uh, she. I, it w- she was huge, huge against the win at Oregon State. She rescued them in overtime and at the end of regulation with some huge threes. She couldn't, she wasn't a three point shooter last year. She added that to her game. Uh, yeah, she's just, uh, incredible on ball defender, uh, very pesky. Um, and yeah, like you said, she gets to the rip, like, and we just don't, yeah. we don't have that now. Like there wasn't, there's outside of Charlize, like, you know, Crystal doesn't really drive to the rim. She she's more of a drive to the you know free throw line, um, and if she's mm-hmm. driving to the rim, she's she's dribbling out. You know, like she's she's taking it out or she's passing out. Um, right. So that's just not a, a skill. Like uh, Sherilyn had just a skill set that we and she you know she wasn't a huge minutes player, but the minutes that she played, um, she was very efficient, very effective, and and was a unique skill set and. Yeah, it bums me out that, you know, I hope she's okay. I hope everything's okay with her. Um, We're clearly not the same team without her. Uh, But I'm I'm hoping that, you know, these games against UW and Utah, and and they've just kind of figured some things out, and and the rest especially we talk about for Charlize, but Crystal, her shot just left her at the end of the season. And she was playing heavy, heavy minutes, almost as heavy minutes as her sister. Um, So I'm hoping that she – because – she, she's such a streaky shooter. She, she's one of those players that if she gets hot in this game, like she could hit, she could score 25. She could, she could hit six threes, you know, um, just yeah. because she has the ball so much. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, so I'm just hoping that, you know, the rest and, and, uh, I'm hoping some of our, uh, you know, we, we got, you know, I say weak cause we're kids, but, uh, they, they got, um, They had trouble against some bigger teams sometimes. Um, Obviously, it's not going to be a bigger team. Uh, This is actually their height, especially with Bella, is going to be an advantage. Um, I'm really hoping for some buckets down low from Bella. And and hopefully she can, like, clog the paint and just be tall and grab rebounds and block shots. And, uh, uh, yeah, And and then, you know, threes from Johanna, threes from Crystal, threes from Grace, threes, you know... If Michaela Jones gets in there, you know, whatever, like, uh, it's just, you, you played in NCAA tournament games. Like I, and you were one of the better players on your team. You're one of the best players in the WAC. So I, I, did, do you, did you, you seem just from your career, you must've been one of those competitive players that like those big moments. And Charlize seems like one of those big moments. Do you think there, is there something about a player like Charlize that can rise to these moments and kind of elevate her game?
0: I definitely think so. She's showed just no, she doesn't get too high or too low. And that's so rare as a freshman. Like, she definitely has had some tough games, but she bounces back really fast. And she didn't have a major slump where she was scoring six points and then two points and then four points. You know, like it was always, okay, maybe down to like 13 and then back up. And
2: that's like, playing Stanford.
0: <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> but they do that to everybody. So yeah. <laughs> right. no shame there. Yeah, yeah, that's one where you just kind of we, used to, we write those off. Yeah, that's
1: that's okay. Yeah,
0: that's a team that's like probably going to win the national championship. It, sure. I, it's going to be really fun to watch. But
1: by, by the way, si- side note, time out real quick. Mm-hmm. How did they ever lose Stanford? Stanford. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How did Stanford yeah. ever lose a game ever?
0: Okay, well this year they were on the. I mean, they lost their two mm-hmm. games when yes. they were on the
1: road for yep. two months. <laughs> but yeah. the girl from Colorado. That's the, hey, that's no excuse. That's no, <laughs> I mean, no got be tough. <laughs> but for real together. they are they like watching them play it's i mean it 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 really reminds you of those you know ridiculous Yukon teams of the last you know decade that just yeah. so much talent, so much athleticism, so much height you're just like I, I mean they are playing a different game, it seems like than everybody else.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the the thing is that the one games where they lost and they but they were close ones like, like later on, they made a big change in their lineup bringing Cameron Brink, the, the really tall blonde. She's like six mm-hmm. foot four and just like a blocking machine and mm-hmm. putting her in more and trusting her more totally changed their defense because their defense was, it was good early on but like watching Stanford in December was so different than watching Stanford mid-February or early February even. Like they were just they became a freaking powerhouse and, um, I, it, it's just so refreshing to, I know it's Stanford, it's not like a, some new team on the scene in the, you know, is to win right. a national championship, but for someone to continue to challenge UConn and South Carolina now, I'm just pumped that we have a team from the West coast that is representing the best coast.
1: Nice. So one, one quick thing that I want to see if you can do for our listeners. So probably a lot of our listeners haven't watched them very much this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, virtually all the games either on PAC 12 network or even just, you know, streaming on the WSU website. Um, so from a, you know, from an analyst perspective, you know, when, when they when when like a, a newbie fan is watching our offense, you know, what is, what's something that they can kind of, you know, maybe key in on or, or keep an eye on an action or something like that the WSU likes to do in order to get the shot they want to get. Well, that's a great question um
0: I, I mean no surprise start with just watching Charlie ledger walker the way that she moves is just different from other players and it's not just other freshmen um, the way that she sees things she her eyes are always up and she's not worried about like double teams coming to her um i would say their, their offense has changed a lot and that was one thing that like they've they were trying to work on getting more consistent because they don't run a ton of set stuff um, they kind of play free and when they go against mm-hmm. zone they, they move really well inside and outside I would say like against a zone if, if usF tries to go zone on them um, which if they do it's probably going to be like boxing one on Charlie Fletcher yeah. Walker but they as of late their posts really started <clears throat> cutting well like into the key Eminem and Curvis Jumps out like she's a great p- passer from inside the post to out. Mm-hmm. She's so good at like reading the floor and being patient. Um, mm-hmm. Bella down low, her post moves are pretty great. They're getting they, they were not suspect by any means, but you just kind of like worry, like, where is she going with this early mm-hmm. on in the season? And that's something like other Pac 12 coaches said too. Like, from last year to this year, she has made easily the biggest improvement out of any, maybe any post in the conference, um, just offensively. So I think just watching her, um, but truly, it, the I mean, okay, here's here it is. Now that I've spent two minutes talking about it, it's I've decided it's definitely Charlize and Crystal reading each other um, and other players. Because early on, they would throw these passes that I say like tunneling through people and like over the tops of defense, like hook shot over, like the, you'll be driving to like the right elbow, throw a hook shot pass, like style over the top to like left corner. Mm-hmm. and hit, like, Johanna Tadar for a three. So um, the way that they pass is just something you don't see elsewhere in women's basketball. I mean, really, no one tries the risky passes that they throw, and they're darts. They're not like, oh, maybe we'll see if this works. It's like, get ready, otherwise you're probably going to get a concussion. Um, and that was something early on that, like, their their teammates didn't really recognize, and they got they got the hang of it really fast because you saw the improvement from game to game just... Shileese and Crystal passing to each other and passing to other teammates. It's just I haven't seen players pass like this in a really long time, and even on the best teams.
1: and then how about on the other end of the floor, defensively, what are they trying to take away from their opponents?
0: They are so physical out on on your guards. So I asked Cami a bunch, like I might have asked her like three or four times, like how are you beating? these teams that are way bigger than you like Oregon State has two girls on their squad listed at six foot nine like Mm -hmm. six foot nine six foot seven six foot four Oregon very similar Stanford we know is giant like how are you beating these teams that completely outsize you and she said we're really physical with our guards on defense so like we're gonna press up into you and she lets them be pretty free she gives them the um freedom to gamble if they want to or lay off if they want to so she lets them kind of read their own instinct, and she just recruited players that play by instinct whether they're international or not um defensively you just see them it's not even like a harassing like like arizona was on defense it's just like a, a frustrating because you have nowhere to go and Their hands are everywhere, like all over, up, down, and then, you know, someone's going to jump into a passing lane. And that, again, uh, Craig is where we miss Sherilyn Molina. She was Mm -hmm. so good about reading passes and jumping into those passing lanes. But that is really their defense, the the key to their man defense. Because down low, they're just disciplined, I'd say. But they didn't let the ball go in against those big, huge teams that could have killed them down low. And... That was probably their biggest reason why.
2: Yeah they really had some incredible like defensive stretches. like there was uh, I think it was against they made a big comeback at UCLA and in the fourth quarter to send it into overtime. and UCLA didn't score for I think the first eight and a half minutes of the fourth quarter. and yeah, it was just forcing tough shots inside. And and they can just they can lock down defensively for like ten minutes in a row, and that always keep when when they when the shots aren't falling, um, which towards the end of the season they have more. It kept them in games quite often, um, and and so that encourages me uh, for this game. And and uh, yeah, I love what you said about just how they they harass up top just to kind of make it difficult to get into the offense even at all. And uh, um, yeah. So I guess uh, we'll wrap wrap up the game review here. Um, if you break it down to like one or two uh, you know one or two pieces that WC needs to do to win, what, what 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 do you see here against USF?
0: Uh, limit the threes, at least mm-hmm. be out on them, run them off the line, and then have some help defense behind, but you cannot let them get going from three. Uh, And the NCAA tournament in general, the stage, will also play some defense in that, like limiting and making it just tougher to hit shots. Uh, So that is huge. And then offensively, they've got to be able to work the ball around, like in and out. It can't just get stuck in one player's hands because USF will feast on that. So a ball has to move around. Charlize will get the looks that she's going to get by ball movement and then seeing open space, you know, and and screen setting. I think... um, yeah, those are going to be the, the two biggest things. Um, with if, if Bella or if Crystal can be a threat in addition to Charlize, you've got to have somebody else step up and have
3: mm-hmm. provide
0: depth throughout the game, You know, be able to fill it up um, and take some of the pressure off Charlize.
2: Yeah, and I, there was one more thing I wanted to ask you, and, and it has nothing to do with the game, but you kind of had a similar situation in school uh, where when you were at Idaho... Uh, you were on a team that broke a 28-year, I think it's 28-year uh, tournament drought, um, and then obviously WSU just broke a 30-year tournament drought. Um, first of all, what did it mean for you doing that? Like, what was that a mo- was that something that was on your mind when you were obviously at Idaho? At you you won the WAC tournament to get into the tournament, so it was more of like winning a game to get there rather than mm-hmm. uh, you know waiting for a selection committee. Um but but did was was did your coach ever say that to you or or when you were going when you were committing to Idaho uh did you know that you know this is this is a program that has not been to the tournament in a long time and and we want to take them there um so were those things that you were thinking about and then when it happened uh, uh was it something that you thought about as well
0: Honestly when I committed I had no idea and I think coaches try <laughs> to like <laughs> hide that as much as they can And I almost guarantee you nobody on Wazoo knows because honestly, they're mostly from different countries. A majority of them are from different countries. So it's like they come in and who cares about that, but it does matter. And when I found out about it, I was, I think I was a sophomore and we didn't go until my junior year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's, it's almost something you don't want to talk about if you're a player. Like you don't want to talk about the history of your school, not being able to make it to the NCAA tournament. And it's, something that's definitely gratifying because you I think like now that I think about it it's way cooler to say and like you think about the generations that went before you the players the really good players that were before you and they still didn't go to go get to go to the NCAA tournament um but it is a big reason why I chose Idaho because I was you know I had some Pac-12 interests I had some big 12 interest, um coaching wise but in the Pac-12 at that time unless you were a top three team you weren't going to the NCAA tournament and right at Washington, at Washington state, like I, I, it would be fun to go there, but the, the goal is to dance at the end of the season and Idaho, for sure, there, that opportunity was there. You had to win the conference tournament, but it was, I totally believed it was wide open with the people we brought in, um, in my recruiting class and then beyond. So it's so special to think about now and to see, you know, 30 years, this, it just, it's a sign of change. And I think it's a really good change for Washington state. A lot of people, you know, whatever she decides to do, a lot of people say that Cami Etheridge is perfect for Pullman and loves Pullman mm-hmm. because she was in, you know, Kansas at Kansas state for so, so long. And that's not a big metropolis. She's ideal and thrives in kind of like smaller communities and right. gets players with chips on their shoulder and they immediately respect her. So I think huge sign of change. And just that's, that's the biggest thing. It's like, okay, we're only going up from here. And the leaders on that team right now will hopefully continue that, you know, and like hold that standard. It just, the biggest thing is it sets a new standard.
2: Absolutely. That's, that's, that's a a great uh, bit of insight. Um, Because not a lot of, not a lot of uh, players have done something like that. Um, uh, Yeah. And obviously uh, with Charlize on board, we're open and it's, at the very least, four in a row, coming, you know? yeah. uh, right. Um, and 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 like, I will we're, say, we're hoping we're just yeah.
1: getting started.
2: And I will say, like, you talked about Bell's improvement, players like that. It, it obviously, Charlize is a supportive is a player, but we got to remember they lost two very good players in in Bobby and and uh and uh Chanel Molina out from the from last year's team, so mm-hmm. it. I mean, me, because I didn't know anything about Charlize, I didn't think they were going to be any good. Like, you know, they, like, right. the men, they won four games last year. Well, what are they, you are weren't, they...
1: you weren't alone, dude. Like, they were yeah. picked last in the conference. Like, <laughs> yeah, the coaches didn't know either.
0: The coaches had no clue. Yeah.
2: And, I'm, I'm, yeah, bringing in, bringing in Crystal and bringing in, and, and Charlize. And, uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing how much players matter in basketball. Like, it's, it's truly really more than any other sport. Like, if you get a couple, you get a couple players in there, your program changes, uh, and, and Charlize is a program changer for sure. Um, so yeah, uh, we, of course, uh, we brought you on because, uh, and, and I, I hope that our listeners have already realized this, uh, through, through what you said, because we're just so, so impressed with, uh, your, your, your work as a TV analyst on Pactual Network. Um, and, uh, actually I'll let Jeff take over cause, uh, he's the one that kind of blew you up on Twitter a little bit. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know what I that. was doing, man. Yeah. That
1: was awesome. <laughs> well, I just like, I turned on this game and, and I'm going to be honest, like, i like 100% this is going to be, you know, it's going to probably sound super terrible, but like, like I didn't really know much about you and I was like, I just turned on this game and I'm like, this is really good. Like this <clears throat> is, you know, and, and you know, I, I know you're, you know, not gonna, you know, speak to all this necessarily, but um Craig and I often complain about uh the 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 broadcasters uh that we, we are sort of saddled with as we as we watch these games. And and I think a lot of it is a function of uh there's just so many games, right? Like mm-hmm. everything's on T V, which means they need lots and lots and lots of broadcasters and some are okay and some are really not okay and 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 sort of my my threshold for um for a broadcaster for for for, a, for an analyst in particular is okay so you you better either be really entertaining or you know, be insightful. Like, let me know, like, show, tell me, and not that basketball is super complicated. And I mean, like, you know, most of the time the casual fan can kind of see more or less what's going on. So it, it's like, look, if you can, if you can give me some nuggets, if you can, you know, point out something that maybe is happening away from the ball that maybe I'm not noticing because, you know, I'm a fan and I watch the ball, right? Like, um, you know, if, if an analyst can do that for me, then I'm like, yeah, you know, you're, you're now adding to my experience of watching the game. It's, it's not, you know, I don't need to feel like I'm going to class, but Mm -hmm. I should also feel like, you know, that, that the analyst is there, is there for a reason, like, and not just to fill airtime. And, you know, again, the game, and I don't even remember which game, which game it was, but, um, I just remember I turned it on and I was like, this is really good. Who is that? You know, and like, <laughs> and Craig was like, "That's Alyssa Charleston." She da, da, da. and I'm like, "Oh, that's really because so I'm like looking up on Twitter and I'm like, you know." And then of course the tweet was just like, and I, I feel bad because I I kind of said some not very complimentary things about other people who have who have called WCU games. So uh, I felt kind of bad about that. But but mostly I'm just like, um, you know, by comparison, you, you were like really good and you were doing, you know, that, that thing that I was saying, which is just sort of like, you know, not feeling compelled to fill every second of dead air time with nonsense. And then just, um, you know, pointing out some nuggets here and there that, that make me a little bit of a, a, of a smarter fan, a little bit of a smarter watcher. Um, I guess all of that praise is, is a, is sort of a, a way, kind of a gateway into um, you know, what what do you see your job as? When I mean, do you do you sort of see it the same way I see it? Do you do you try and bring something else? Like how are you trying to approach a broadcast when you do cuz cuz like I mean it, you are really good. Thank you so
0: much. I so appreciate that first of all. I'm really surprised it was the first time you've heard me because I'm a really big deal. I'm all over the place. <laughs> it's just famous.
1: Well, so, in, in fairness, I
0: probably have heard
1: you before and I probably no. didn't realize it. And so I, I, you know, I'm slow. It's okay. I'm no. slow. I'll own that. No,
0: totally, totally fine. Like my parents are my biggest fans and that's totally fine with me. Um, this was the biggest, this is the first time I got to do Pac-12 games was this season and they were only home games. So uh, it's such a learning process, but I go in with definitely like a a player mentality and like studying scouting plan. Like I I try to reach out to more people than just the coaches that I'm about to, you know, call a game for. I try to reach out to grad assistants or the weird thing is basketball is such a small world that I know at least one person on every single Pac-12 coaching staff. And I didn't realize that until I started doing this. I was like, oh my gosh, she played at Montana. I played against her. Uh, Wow. He recruited me like, you know, these, and that kind of happened at the Pac-12 tournament too. Like they were like, wow, Alyssa recruited you a long time ago. I was like, well, I wasn't going to bring it up because uh, it's not cool for me to remember that and then be embarrassed and not have the coach. But um, I think like scouting and watching games, trying to trust my instincts, because initially like you listen to uh, Jay Billis or you listen to Bill Raftery or whoever, um, and you, you, almost want to mimic them at first and try to write down things that they say and Mm -hmm. all that stuff but at the same time it's like i'm not going to remember you know these really cool pieces of insight during the game you really don't your brain is like all over the place and sometimes you like black out you're like where am i and what am i supposed to say here but i think just trusting your own instinct and i was a very uh cerebral player so that helps you know I i cared um when coaches were bringing analytics to me and stuff like this is what is happening when you're going to your right. And this is what's happening when people give you your left, you know, more often and that stuff was super helpful for me. And, um, the turnover offensive rebound stuff that we were talking back and forth on, like we had a rebounding, Oh rebounding bank where we would have a certain amount. If you, you, it was kind of like a surplus and minus. So if you gave up 15 against one team and then you only gave up seven, I think it was like anywhere above 10 or under 10. And, like, we had to run lines for it at the end of a series or something like that, like, you know, a weekend game series. So um, that was an emphasis brought by strictly by John Newley. So that's something I thought about, and he, he would bring it up in timeout. Like, we are getting absolutely slaughtered on the offensive rebounds but continue to take care of the ball. Like he would, it it was just those two kind of things went hand in hand and, or if we were turning it over like crazy, he would pull me aside or my post coach would tell me pull me aside and be like, look, so-and-so is having a really tough time handling the pressure of this guard. You need to attack the glass, get on the glass. And it was like, okay, creating those opportunities. So um, I think playing and really absorbing things as a player helps me with my analysis and like learning from play by play guys as much as I can. Um, and it's, that's, I'm really excited for continuing this and like continuing to learn. Cause I have so much to improve. I have so much, so many things I want to get better at, but, um, yeah, I loved your tweet and I loved, uh, <laughs> I couldn't agree with, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> any of the broadcaster stuff. Yeah. Um, but I so appreciated the shout out. It cool. meant a
1: lot. What's super clear and you mentioned this, is the preparation. Uh because it's it is so, so clear when when people don't prepare. <laughs> and we yeah. and we have had oh my gosh, like um you know, this year say we say a certain again, UW
2: alum uh, I oh won't my gosh, say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh colleague of yours on the Pac twelve network, so we won't we won't air that one out too bad. But but like for real, for real, um, it, it's just it's really frustrating when you feel like, OK, you know, this this person has to, you know, I mean, this is this is their job. Like, and I, you know, it's I understand it's a part time job. It's a contract job. I mean, I, I get that. But it's also like you're going to be on TV for two hours talking about this team. Yeah. Um, and it's really I mean, and it's not limited to Pac-12 Network. I mean, we get that on ESPN when we're on ESPN. And they put you know someone like Adrian Branch on or someone like Corey Williams on, and I'm like, have you watched our team play at all? Like, right. you know, I'm just like, I like, I I don't get it. Um, it's 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 really obvious that that you do your homework, um, and that you're ready to go, and that and that you have a keen sense of, um, you know, Craig and I spend a lot of time you know, doing analytics, breaking down analytics, looking at, you know, stats that might give some insight into why teams are able to be successful. And, you know, like, like the, the offensive rebounding turnover thing, that was one that really kind of struck a chord because mm-hmm. so the men's team this year uh, for us, you know, like that was, they, they were not a great shooting team um, and yet they were able to sort of hang around some games and able to, you know, pull off a couple upsets. Like they were able to do some things where it was like I'm watching these broadcasts and they're saying, you know, again, I, I, wow, like I, I don't even know how WSU's in this game, and I'm like, I do, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like they are, they have. You know, 12 more shots than the other team because they're killing it on the offensive glass. Like, if you shoot 10% less on your shots, but you have 10 more attempts, you're probably gonna be okay, you know, and, or for this game, they, you know, there was, there was, I think the USC game, you know, their turnovers were actually down for once. Like, it was, you know, it's like, it's like, it's, it, it it's not that tough necessarily, um, to understand how points are produced, and it's not just making shots. And when, when a broadcaster sort of has a sense of that and understands like, Hey, you know, it's why the the four factors exist, right? It's like, you know, it's not right. just shooting, it's shooting, it's turnovers, it's offensive rebounding, it's free throw attempts. Like, like when you put those four things together, it's, it's going to be some combination of those four things and being able to kind of put your finger on, you know, which of those four things is kind of moving the needle, um, to me is an important and valuable, uh, piece of insight and and i just i sort of appreciate i really appreciated um that you had like like this sense of like hey there's these there's these different ways you can create points you know and 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 not everybody even even former players um um seem to get that so i 'm not sure if there's a question in there somewhere, but you know for whatever it's worth that's that's <laughs> definitely something that I noticed and was like yeah that's that's unusual and i i don't know if you realize that it's unusual but uh but it's unusual given the amount of basketball that I watch uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So, so good job on that too, I guess.
2: Well, I do have a question. So you you talked about what you did to prepare. And uh, one thing I gather is that, you know, what we see about these broadcasters, when we talk about have you watched this team or or maybe they've watched them once or whatever, and they're kind of basing their entire, um, their entire view of a team based off, you know, one game they saw or, or like a highlight package they saw, or, or or you know just off the stat sheet or whatever. Um, you said you reach out to all these people, so it seems like do you do you f- seem do you find value in 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 going beyond your just trusting yourself, but also you know finding other ways to to assess a team?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely huge to like really get a coach's opinion, and it, initially I have to try to get them out of like coach cliche speech yes. because. They're trying to say, you know, like, oh, yeah. well, everybody just gives so much effort. And, you know, she's our, our verbal leader, but she also does it with her actions. And I'm like, we use am about to jump off a cliff. Don't go there. Like trying to dig information, like, okay, who steps up when you guys are really in bad times, like trying to figuring out like the right questions to ask is something that I'm still kind of learning and trying to figure out. But that's the best way for me because people want to have like frank conversations and anyone who's coaching right now in sports or anyone who wants to have discussions like we're having, they pay attention to those details and they care about those details. So they want to tell other people about them. And I think that's like the best thing. And you can always glean information about, OK, what does this coach actually also think about um, Washington State? So like you're trying to get to know their team, but you're also trying to get to know, obviously, the team, the other team as well. Like it's it's such a two way street and it's you get you kill two birds with one stone by talking to just one coach and the other thing I also do is I watch I mean I watch a lot of detail on ESPN plus because mm-hmm. um, I love seeing like how NBA players see certain things and like those details um and trying to like remember those and see them in games because I think honestly a lot of people like color analyst wise and I've had games like this too um where you just you don't see things in the moment because you're thinking about other things and you almost Mm -hmm. have like a script played in your head how you think the game should go and how you think it's going to go and like your four keys to the game or three keys to the game, whatever. And you're focused on those so much that you're not realizing the actual story of the game. So like remembering that the story tells or the game tells the story, you don't. That is what I try to focus on. And like, I know I need to keep focusing on that, you know, never get too excited about how well you're doing or you know any compliments you get like it's it's definitely still always going to be about preparing and like seeing how the game grows you have to grow with it
2: that's great and we've had you for a long time if if you wouldn't mind sticking around for a little bit longer talk about the men's tubes would that be okay yeah of course Cool. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and um, let's just uh, – I'd love to hear Alyssa's thoughts on on the men's hoops team this year. So taking a break. And we're back. We're
1: back. We're back.
2: We're back. I almost beat you to it. I, I know. I, I, I've stolen it from you over these 117 <laughs> episodes. It used to be I know. I, fine I, now. I don't
1: like this new – I don't like this. We had a routine, Craig. For like 115 episodes, well, we had a routine where I, 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 I have, say, i, should, I and could we're grab
2: the bumper music." I, I didn't do the bumper music. I,
1: <laughs> that is true.
2: Too locked in. Like, no. no.
1: We're we're kind of like an old married couple at this point. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's very cute to see you guys work
1: through arguments. <laughs> oh, so it's
2: impressive. just the same. Steve, Craig? The same arguments over and over and over again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like a married couple. just like a married couple. Yep.
2: Exactly. So uh, that's why we have to bring guests on because uh, our listeners are sick of it. Um, uh, mm-hmm. But but yeah, listen. I know when when I, when I was uh, you know messaging with you um, about this, uh, you you definitely mentioned the, the men's team too. Um, and I, I just love you, you as an as an outsider, uh, you know a bit uh, obviously someone who has covered WSU for for years um although, you know covering the enemy uh, in in Jeff and I's opinion right now
1: um, uh, <laughs> sorry. But we actually, don't talk too much about that we we, we, <laughs>
2: we, ho- we, ho- we hope your next month isn't too fun uh you, know, you can you have a little bit of fun we just don't want it to be too much fun especially around Working April with fun that's my birthday I, I i don't want that to be too much fun for <laughs> um but uh got it <laughs> but uh um but uh yeah they're obviously Alyssa works like a zaga. So, that not figured that out Yeah, if anyone's not figured that out. so she's not perfect, all right everyone. Um, right. but uh, but, but I would love to get, you know, your your smart basketball minds uh, what I don't know how much you watch the, the men's team this year, but um, what are your thoughts on on what Kyle Smith has got going?
0: Well, early on, I mean, I, I watched more early on than I did later on. But um, I think what I was most curious to see, obviously, is how they made up for C.J. lb being gone, not just scoring, but assists. And mm-hmm. I think Isaac Bonton was the natural to step into that. But I wanted to see a little bit more progression, just field goal efficiency-wise with him, like cho- mm-hmm. like choices that he was making in-game. But I understand that he also had a young guys around him. Like, they were so young, especially um, around him. Like, guard position-wise, I know they really want to um, improve, you know, ball handling. They have to because mm-hmm. turnover-wise, I think they were at negative, negative two around there. Like, turnover margin, that's not going to win you games in, you know, a tight Pac-12 because there's no crazy leader in that conference. But right. I wanted to see – a little bit more progression with him just shooting wise and just like what he was taking because his other guys stepped up. Like Yakovsky was a fun, uh, he was so much fun to to watch early on in the season. I think he had, it might've been Oregon state early on when he had a great game, like
3: Mm -hmm.
0: um, just so many freshmen stepping up and um, Deshaun Jackson and like their rebounding was also really impressive from that, the youth point, like the way that they care about that so much. You can tell Kyle Smith is making a huge emphasis as he goes forward, continuing to bring in big guys, and I think I talked to him over the summer. They were pumped about this freshman team, the freshman guys coming in. But obviously, you want to give respect to the guys that were still there. And I think it just like gel wise, the off season, not having an off season to really fully implement those freshmen, hurt them mm-hmm. mid season to late season because they had the excitement early on. They were unscouted, but um, when you actually need to win games, you need to rely on some set offense and some, you know, chemistry that is only developed with repetition. And I think that that didn't really pan out in their favor at the end of the season.
2: And from your perspective, how, how valuable are those reps as a freshman? Uh, you know, they, and truly like, they're all going to be freshmen again next year. So who knows how long they're right. around, <laughs> but they're technically freshmen, but, just to that, we had so many freshmen, so many sophomores get so many reps. Um, do you think just naturally that, um, you know, from your perspective, does that that allow them to improve faster, or or is it can you dive in too quickly, or you know how how do you see that?
0: I think it makes a huge difference for um, big time on the men's side because you have guys that are already there that are already they have already established themselves, and like how does Isaac Bonton play? How do you know other guys distribute the ball like just getting more reps around those guys and seeing how they play you have to kind of figure out your role within that but they're also with all the time that they all got they're getting chemistry with each other they're getting repetitions and like learning about each other at the new pace right so like college from high school it's a different completely different pace and you're expected to do a lot more you're going against defenses that actually care about defense because in high school and aau defense is basically a joke i mean Mm -hmm. you're in passing lanes and stuff like that but you don't have to follow a scouting report and plan like that so um from the on-court perspective it's super helpful just physically seeing and playing with other people's patterns but the off the court like preparing for games scouting like knowing that, especially on Kyle Smith's team, you're not going to play if you don't carry out what the scouting report says, like what they want mm-hmm. to do defensively, who they want to play. So I think they will all have a way better idea of that after after this first season, for sure.
2: Yeah, you saw that with Kyle's. Uh, you, we'd, we'd sort of see players that would play a few minutes early in the game and then not play at all the rest of the game. Uh, and, you know, he'll come out in the in – the, uh, post game and say you know uh, he gave up too many points on defense. He yeah, you know, that's usually what it was. You know, he just wasn't executing on defense. Um because they have a lot, of, you know. I will say you mentioned uh Bansan, uh he he definitely turned it around. <laughs> um yeah. he was uh he was a blast to watch for and and Jeff uh wrote a nice piece on it. Um he was probably one of the, for a nice five-game stretch, probably one of the top five players in the league. Um, just, uh, you know, like you said, just being more efficient with his shots, taking better shots, finishing shot finishing shots. Like he he was just, you know, if you watched him earlier in the season, he was just missing layups and missing open threes and, and just, you know, missing shots that he shouldn't be missing. Um, but uh, yeah, he definitely turned it around. Um, but yeah, I, believe me, we were all thinking the same thing. Um, at the start
0: of the season. Well, and that's good to know, too, because, like, uh, there's no way... I I wanted to pay attention and, like, watch all the things as much as I could, but um, it's so, like, selective sometimes when you're, like, following different teams. And he's such an athlete. He's so, so, so crafty. And, Mm -hmm. like, I also remember him as hitting so many freaking half-court shots, like, as, (laughs) like, our halftime winds down, first, first half winds down, he's always, like... Bombing the the half court shot. I feel like he hit like three of those last year. So incredibly exciting player. But I'm curious, like outside of him, for you guys, who are you most excited about with like those freshmen?
1: Oh, let let us let us. Uh, I mean, do we have to pick one? Like, <laughs> I, like I have three children. That's <laughs> like asking me to pick I, my favorite I son.
2: I, I you told know? you that we we just spent uh, two hours talking to John Andershek. Uh, That's right. At least, and a lot of it was on the freshman. But yeah. Um, so if I'm going to go with one, I mean, long-term, I mean, honestly, the most exciting player in terms of a ceiling is FA, right. um, just because of his athleticism. But if that, if FA even approaches that ceiling next year, he's gone. <laughs> so, yes. right. um, so we thought we at early in the season, we thought like, this might be the only year we have of him. Uh, that could still be a possibility. Who knows? Uh, You you never know how the draft, like we didn't think CJ was going to leave last year either. So um, you never know what the draft process is going to look like. But honestly, Deshaun Jackson is, WSU has never had uh, a post big like that, just a traditional post big be that good as a freshman. And as we talked with John, he missed so much time to start the season. He didn't practice for months leading into the season. Missed first few games. So, um, and and as a you know, as a six ten guy, the, the big guys like him, they usually get back even slower than the, the guards. But yeah, once once the middle of Pac twelve play hit, he was one of our best players. And and he he is so uh, good at using his size to get in the paint and make the most awkward looking shots you've ever seen. Just. <laughs> Um, probably getting hacked all the way, but you know, he's just he's so big. They don't call it. Um, he, he showed off, like I, I would guess like he had an incredibly high shooting percentage on his like 15 foot jumpers. Cause he didn't take very many, but he seemed to hit every single one of them. So he definitely has that in his game. Um, he draws fouls, like he gets to the free throw line. His free throw shooting got better as the season progressed. Um, he's, he's a very good defensive player. Um, uh, made one of the most incredible uh, blocks uh, of the season uh, to uh, save a game in in regulation against ASU. Um, Very athletic uh, and big and strong. And I think he's a guy that by the time he's a junior, senior, is going to be one of the, you know, honestly, like most dominant uh, big men in the conference. And that's really exciting.
1: I would say mine is TJ Baba. That's my guy. So, okay. partway through the year, I, I, I don't know, man. I just watch his, um, you know, the the way that he moves. Um, he's an explosive athlete, uh, a little out of control. He basically, really, he looked like a freshman is supposed to look. Mm-hmm. Like he, like, like like he he was what we are used to in freshmen. Uh, really inconsistent you know, flashes of, wow, that could be awesome. Also flashes of, Oh my God, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, you know, travel turn. He had this like, God, he had, he had this stretch where I swear he had one or two travel turnovers a game where he's, you know, catching the ball at the three point line and shuffling his feet before he puts the ball on the floor. Right. And (laughs) and you're just like, he's just, he was trying to move too fast, uh, pretty often. And, And for a guy who already has, You know, such good athleticism doesn't really need to do that. Um, And then he also would, you know, pick up either that or he'd also pick up a charge or maybe both like he just, you know, just again, the game hasn't didn't really slow down for him this year, but you could see like flashes of, of what he was able to do. Um, you know, he's got a solid three-point shot. Um, you know, he he can get to the rim. He's physical. He he gets. He's got, um, you know, really just explosive athleticism. Um, good size, solid ball handler. Like I'm like that to me. That's a guy who between you know, and, and we always, Craig and I always talk about how. Um, statistically, the biggest jump for players, uh, with their offensive game is between their freshman and sophomore year. Like, that's always kind of the biggest jump. And he seems to me to be a prime candidate for a guy who's like all of a sudden going to take this big jump because the game's going to slow down. The turnovers are going to, you know, maybe not necessarily stop, but, but, you know, get, you know, pretty significantly reduced. Um, he's already got something that so many of the other guys on the team struggle with, which is, um, an ability to finish around the rim. So he's got that in his game already. Um, he's really crafty once he gets there. I, like, I just think he could, he could, he strikes me as the kind of guy, um, if he sticks around, um, could be, you know, a, a high volume, high point scorer. Um, A guy who, you know, takes 25 to 30 percent of the shots, scores, you know, 22 points a game like like I think that is definitely um, within his reach. So, you know, I mean, I know like I, and I love all the other guys, too. Like I said, you know, I love Deshaun for all the reasons Craig said. I love F.A. for the reasons that he said. Uh, andre you know, of course but, is andre of course you know he's super exciting with his ability to shoot um again you know similar kind of deal for him on the two pointers you know the game's got to slow down a little bit and he's got to have an idea of what he's doing once he gets into the lane but you know the i i just think i i think Bamba is a guy who you know he was one of the um you know, lesser rated recruits in the class. So he was just kind of a, you know, your run of the mill three-star kid and um, not a lot of fanfare. Um, certainly not as much as, you know, some of the other guys, you know, Andre and Deshaun and um, even Carlos Rosario, right. Who was considered a four-star yeah. kid. Uh, you know, I just think he's, I think he's got so much raw talent to work with. And uh, and if he's as determined as he seems, um, I think, I think he's a guy who, who could, you know, Really become a lead scorer over the next uh, the next couple of years, so that's a guy who excites me. So there you go.
2: And the crazy thing there's uh, Jefferson Koulibaly who's was injured all season, and and step st- staff is about <laughs> as high on about as high on yes. him as anyone on the class. Yep. So yep. we could uh, we we were talking about this. We haven't seen a, and, and I'm sure you covering for as long as you, you you've covered the team for the last uh, I'm guessing six years or so. Uh, this is the most stacked roster they've had in a long time. And it's,
3: yeah.
2: And just have, how much did you, uh, you know, while you were still at KXLY and everything and doing that role, did, did you get to interact with uh, coach Smith much? Did you, did, did did you get an impression of him at all?
0: Yeah. I I was there for his uh, introductory presser and the touted nerd ball, like fit to form. It was perfect. Like you could just see this guy, he cares so much and, like, he was nerdy, and it was perfect. I absolutely loved it. And I, the what excites me is, like, what he's going to do with this talent. <laughs>
3: like, mm-hmm. that's
0: the development is going to be so exciting. And if he has guys that not only have that instinct and have that – I mean, obviously, F.A. Agabidi, like, I clearly has the raw athleticism. But guys like TJ and, um, you know, Andre, and, like, they, they have that IQ and the instinct already, Mm -hmm. So like how they have to be interested in watching film and watching, like knowing their analytics stuff. Like there's no one better than Kyle Smith. I feel like in the college basketball realm to get those guys even better. So like the development is what super excites me. And you could tell that he was, he cared about that when he got in and it was basically a question of like, how are you going to get great players to to Pullman Not just because it's, you know, it's a, tough place to get to, but it's because they hadn't had success under Ken Bone, and it had been a while the last, you know, it was really Bennett that those mm-hmm. were the, the best years since, you know, a, for a long time before that. So it was like, how can he get the guys? Will he be able to get the guys? Cause his personality's fun and it's lighthearted, but he's not, he doesn't have that like swanky charm that other, you know, college mm-hmm. coaches might have. And I think, um, I'm just so pumped to see the development of like his true, most impressive freshman class. It's going to be fun to
1: watch. It strikes me that there's a couple of things that really are important when recruiting. Um, You know, number one, you have to have a really clear sense of who you're looking for, what kind of player you're looking for. And I think that's a thing um, that I noticed that, that Kyle Smith has he has a very clear sense of, of the guys that, that are going to work for him. Um, it was funny. I did an interview with him right after he got hired and he talked about his six tool players that they're looking for. We want oh, guys yeah. who can dribble and shoot and pass. And you know, I don't remember what all six of them are. And I'm like, that's, that, that, that's amazingly vague. <laughs> you know, <It's laughs> like, I'm like, don't you want, like, does, isn't everybody looking for guys who can do all of those things? <laughs> like, <and> <laughs> like if they can all do all, if they can do all those things, aren't they five-star recruits? Like, I don't, I don't. We all want that. a
2: LeBron James,
1: please. Just right. right. You know, it's like Follow those kids those. are not coming to Wazoo. Um, but, but as I've watched the last two years, again, this was before I had ever watched a game that he had coached. Um, and even in that first year, last year, um, it it became really obvious to me what he was talking about. Like all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it." Right? Like, like he's not looking for guys who are. You know, necessarily, I mean, obviously he would love to have guys who are really good at all six of those things, but there's like kind of a baseline level and he wants to get guys who are as good as they can be with at least like f- maybe four or five of those things. Six is great, but like if we can get to four or five and they've got a certain kind of baseline level of skill, they'll work with what we are trying to do. And it And it was sort of really obvious in that first year with some of the guys that Ernie had left behind that loves like, Oh yeah, now I see why, you know, a guy like, you know, Marvin cannon doesn't really fit. Right. Cause he, he yeah. kind of a little bit of a one trick pony, like really good at that one trick, but, but kind of like, that's all he can do. And so he's kind of lost, you know, and there were a couple of guys that just kind of got lost cause they, they just, they had one really good skill and, and that just kind of doesn't work with Kyle Smith. So he has a good sense of, of the kind of guy he's trying to get. And then um, they just, they, they just, they just hustle. There's hustle. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had John, you know, we were we talking about this. We had John Andershek on, you know, a couple days ago, Um, you know, and that's he's he's sort of a prime example of a guy who just hustles. You know, he's he's up at all hours of the night, uh, Shoot. you know, texting kids, messaging kids. I mean, I mean, heck, I think his first contact with F.A. was a Facebook message, you know, just like a random one off. <laughs> like, hey, how's it going? You know, it's like it's it's crazy, and and I think that those two skills are, are you know, and then of course the ability to implement it once they get on campus. Well, and but, we have to, we have but to the, say the, the, the talent a, level. you well,
2: know. yeah, like something that John did, just to, what he told us he did on the last podcast is he, when he was bored during the you know during the shutdown, he decided to uh, break down and analyze every single defensive possession from the previous season.
1: So what? you're
2: talking like <laughs> twenty one hundred not just, just not just analyze parts,
1: them, but he broke, but he clipped them all like over, he put like he like he pulled all 2, the clips
2: thousand possessions like is what you're talking about,
1: and, yeah, and he for fun
2: analyze yeah, like and so he's just he's the type of guy that 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 Smith has on his staff um mm-hmm. and 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 Smith is like obviously they just yeah, like jeffy said like it there sorry, I cut you off, but i I had no to, it's just
1: That's it. You know, so you do those two things and then have a clear sense also of the talent level. You need to be successful. And, you know, Kyle, I think also has um, a very clear sense of what it's going to take to, you know, which guys are going to actually be able to help him be competitive, help the team be competitive in the pac 12. Um, and, and that's what gets, you know, that's what gets me excited. Um, It's, it's, it's the wins. Yes. It's the, you know, the progress that they've made. Yes. It's the recruiting class. That's really the best that they've had in a while by recruiting services. Yes. I mean, all that stuff's great, but it's just sort of like, you know, you mentioned Tony Bennett. Um, the parallels are, are, are really there, you know, Tony's Tony's best asset for all of the, the plaudits that he gets. Um, he like, I, I will say, I will say carry to my grave that, that his absolute 100% best asset is his ability to identify talent and his ability to look at a guy and be like, that guy is not only just going to work with me, but, but he could be a really good basketball player. And you look at, you know, I mean, this is a guy who recruited Aaron Baines. Well, Aaron Baines is in the NBA. It's a guy who recruited Clay Thompson when nobody else was recruiting Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's yeah. a Hall of Famer. This is a guy who recruited Kyle Weaver when really nobody else wanted him. Well, Kyle Weaver had a cup of coffee in the NBA and had a nice career in Europe. Well, you know, Derek yeah. Lowe had a great career. in the you, Europe. And you look
2: at he I was mean, he was going to bring Joe Harris to yes. moment, and then a kid from Finland. Yeah, yeah. Took him to Virginia, yeah. yeah Joe I mean, Harris to, is an uh, NBA, uh, yeah, and he's 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 a, a very good NBA player.
1: NBA player, yep. Yeah, yep. So, that that's to me that's Tony's strength, and I think that's going to be that needs to be the strength of any coach who's not coaching at you know Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, or whatever. Is like you got to be able to look at a kid and see not only what he is, but what he can be for you. And, and that's Tony's strength. And I I see that same kind of strength in Kyle and, and John and, you know, and the other coaches there Um, you know, I I think they have that, that same strength and that's the part that gives me um, you know, just so much optimism for, for where we're going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I could not agree more on Tony and just like the, they care about the player, but they care about the smarts of the player, not just raw athleticism and just like, Potential is one thing when it is athleticism, but potential with your brain and, like, everything above the shoulders, that's what's way more important if you're in the late game situation. Because you can still, if your athleticism is going to meet athleticism at the end of a game, you know, it's yeah. about who's going to take a good shot, who's going to take a smart shot or distribute. And, um, yeah, the the potential for IQ and that brain and, like, how, how much they can improve there. Is huge for a place like Bowman.
2: Yeah, and and I think nothing like shows how the care he has for the players. Like, is uh, WC had three players under the transfer portal uh, today, and uh, two were uh, uh, Miles Warren and, and Brandon Chatfield. Uh, they're both non-scholarship players. They're both players that definitely could get scholarships at some level college basketball. I think Miles mm-hmm. Warren at probably a, a mid-major, you know, low-major type school could definitely. Uh, contribute, you know, Brand Chatfield could definitely get a scholarship somewhere, uh, be a D2 or, you know, low major as well. Um, but one thing that jumps out to me is, is Jazz Coons and the transfer portal. And, and we know he almost did last year too. And, and then he mm-hmm. decided to come back, but he, uh, he had, you know, a great turnaround at the end of the season. Um, you see some coaches when players leave, they're very petty about it. Um, but, Towards the end of the season, uh, Kyle Smith said nothing but good things about Jazz, and they had to have known this was something that could have been a possibility. And then we just had, the day before Jazz enters the portal, we have, uh, you know, uh, John Enershek on here, and he spends five minutes saying, just effusively praising Jazz Goons, um for mm-hmm. all that he does, all that he contributed to the team. He says, you know, one of the best, like, you know, allowed some of the fewest points uh, as a defender, um, works his butt off, is a great leader, all this stuff. Um, you know, he became a, a great rebounder by the end of the season. Like, it just, I um, mean, obviously started hitting shots and that helped, but too. And, but, mm-hmm. um, but they, they've been, they, they care about these players. They, they want them to go continue to succeed somewhere else, even if it's not in Pullman. And, and maybe, maybe they have another recruit lined up and they want to bring him in. And so it's, it's beneficial to them too, but they don't have to, they don't have to sell this player to other programs. Like, but they do. And, you know, Kyle Smith, uh, Jeff, you mentioned after the Stanford game, he, to me that he just praised Koontz. He had a, he had a nice game that game and, uh, you know, praised him and, and all this stuff. And so um, it's cool to have, you know, you you can just kind of feel the, the care that the, uh, uh, that 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 a staff has for the players when even the outgoing players who they don't, um, you know, they, they have these players and they have these like nice, like Miles Warren is probably about as good as like a, a non-scholarship player as you can get on, on a Pac-12 school. Like it's like, and so they had every reason to be like, stay around, you know, you're nice, like, yeah. like emergency guard to have, like, um, but, but, he said, hey, go go find a scholarship somewhere because being a walk-on is not the best deal in the world. So, uh, yeah, so um, that's something that uh, we, I wanted to bring up because obviously that's news uh, today. We had to uh, talk about it. But, um, yeah, I think it uh, – I don't know if you uh, ever felt that, you know, as, as a player, do, you, do you, having a, a coach that kind of cares about you, um, cares about more than just – you know your points and rebounds it, it, it how important is that
0: it absolutely matters and i think i'm fine with saying it, may, it might matter more with women than with men because um you are the chemistry is huge and how much you trust someone kind of determines like how how much you'll go to bat for them and i think i'd be really curious and i'm sure they handled it exactly like you're talking with the team too like the players that are still there, how, how is Coach Smith talking about the guys that are leaving the program? How does he announce it to them? Because that will totally impact how much more they might respect him as well. If he's just trashing on these guys or not even giving them the time of day, Hey, they're out of the program. We move on. We survive in advance. We keep moving forward. Only the strong survive like some stuff like that. Like if you give that kind of vibe to your players, it's like, okay, well, am I dispensable too. If I were to choose something different, um, you promised me that you kind of would care for me and kind of be like a a kind of a dad, you know, when you're moving away from home and being in a different place, you expect to have um, a little bit of leadership and rely on this team as your family. So uh, it absolutely matters how they handle those kind of situations. And it says a lot about who they are as people because obviously you don't want people to leave the program. But not everything works out the way it's supposed to especially 18 year olds making decisions which is why i'm a big fan of the one-time transfer you know at mm-hmm. least once it's it's it gets a little crazy when it's constant free freebie everywhere but like you it's really hard to make a great decision as an 18 or 19 year old of course and a perfect decision it's, a, it's way more rare than it is um normal to make a great decision so I think it absolutely impacts it and it just it gives you a chance as a coach to gain more respect for who you are backing up your actions with the words that you kind of use to recruit them.
2: yeah and of course jazz is a guy that uh, uh, came came in under Ernie Kent, so this is not the coach that he signed up for um, right so being able to transfer is a big deal because you uh, I mean I'm sure that you committed. Uh, to Newley as much as you committed to Idaho, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And who he was as a person. hes He's the person I talk about constantly now, too, that believed in me before I ever did. Like I became so much of a better leader after that program and just like how I live my life, like decisions I make now. Yeah, it was tough, but I knew he I could tell going in he was going to be Kind of a hard guy and just not not always sunshine and rainbows he was going to tell it to me straight which i hadn't had yet
3: mm-hmm. and
0: it sucked when it was when i was in those situations and i made big mistakes but it wasn't like he didn't forgive and he made it clear like i give second chances i, I know that 18 to 22 years old 23 years old is not an easy time we want to be there for you in any way we can and the coaching staff to um the assistants one assistant is still there and she's one of my best friends now so um i i think it's it's rare but it's it's so nice when you do kind of make the decision based on what feels right and what kind of feels like home when you're getting recruited for sure
2: yeah and that's that's huge for pullman the, the home the family vibe everything obviously yeah um and, and idaho too obviously it's you know, we're we're in the same safe spot. Uh, um, I'm curious, Jeff. Are you there
1: or I'm still here? Man. Okay, I just haven't seen. I'm just, it. I'm just listening. Like
2: I haven't seen. Like, the, this is good stuff. I, I hadn't seen the the uh, the little the little spindle thing spin for us yet, uh, for a while. So I was like, you are being incredibly quiet. So that was impressive. Uh, but... It's
1: unusual. I know it's unusual, but you know, I'm just I'm just listening, man. It's good stuff.
2: I, I do got to know, it. Alyssa, what were your favorite uh, Palouse, uh, like, oh. breakfast spots, lunch spots, all that stuff?
0: Oh, great question. Well, that, of course, I'm going to give you the one that you didn't ask, and it's dinner, and it's Casa Lopez.
2: Of course. For sure. Yes. The, the bean dip. Uh, y- oh, my gosh.
0: Yes. Wow. I just almost – I got way too excited about that now. I just, like, sucked <laughs> in way too much air.
2: I miss it.
0: Oh, the carne asada, oh, the bean yeah. dip so so good uh sangria obviously pretty incredible um over in pullman i loved black
2: cypress nice yeah good um
0: spot. i didn't in terms of brunch okay the old european
2: right mm-hmm. yeah is that
0: still around is that still there
3: yeah oh
2: yeah, like, oh, yeah. I, to be honest that though like I, I lived over in moscow the breakfast club man that's still there too that that place is good oh
0: yeah yeah, I th- I needed to throw in a few Pullman restaurants, because I didn't go there a ton, but I know that they lovers. had great free- I mean, the Palouse is so underrated for food. I think we have such good restaurants. And Breakfast Club Zucchini, uh, was it Zucchini Huckleberry? Huckleberry Zucchini Bread? Did oh, you have yes. That?
2: Yep, yep. Whoa. Yeah, that stuff's good. Yeah. Gotta love it's Huckleberries, dangerous. man. People just t- I do I, the- I went I to- moved to the East Coast, and no one knew what a Huckleberry was. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: What is wrong with those people?
2: Well, they don't have them out there, and and you can't well, grow them. You can't grow them <laughs> commercially. They they have, you true. have to fight bears for them. There is no other way. Yeah, to you get have to you have
1: to go up in the mountains and find some on your own, and
2: like you got to be in Montana, <laughs> Idaho, Washington, Oregon, basically, like to yeah. get huckleberries.
1: Yeah, we did go up, uh, not last summer, but the summer before we. Or, well, maybe it was. I don't even remember. Maybe it was last summer. We went up into Mount Rainier National Park and. Got some fresh, uh you know, wild huckleberries, and there was also a bear helping himself over wow. in a field. Wow! Uh, about one hundred yards, one hundred and twenty yards away, that was too close. <laughs> and yeah, it was. It was, you know, and and I am like, we should be moving on now. And Sarah is like. Oh no, this is great. And I'm like, no, we should really be moving on. <laughs> She's like, but isn't this cool? The bear's right there. I'm like, yes, the bear is right there. Pretty sure we that, should be moving on. Pretty sure that's inside
3: <laughs> the recommended
2: it. distance. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, but it's, it's, you know, up there, it's, you know, the, the bears are, I guess, kind of used to, used to the humans. And mm-hmm. as long as you're not disturbing their, their berry uh, foraging, then, then I, I think they're, they're pretty much okay with you. Um, We even had one time we were up there, a bear, like literally, now this is kind of in one of the busier parts near uh, Paradise, but but the bear actually ran, was up on a hillside, ran down the hill, and everybody's kind of watching it, going, wait a second, where's that bear going? It's coming right at us. It ran Mm -hmm. right down the hill and right across the hiking path, um, and then right down the hill and out of sight. And and like literally within 10 yards of 20 people who were standing around watching this bear on the hillside, the bear just decided to like, start running at the people, ran right past them and ran down the hill the other side. And it was like, okay, that was that was a little freaky. That's, yeah, yeah. it was like a
0: very dangerous situation. Yeah. Whoa.
1: It turned out apparently he was or she he or she was uh interested in other things, but it was, I was like, uh, you know, and all these people were kind of getting close to where, where the bear was. And I was like, you people are nuts. I'm standing (laughs) here because if I stand here, there's like 30 of you between me and that bear. And if that bear decides to get upset, I got, you know, it's, it's the old joke, right? You don't have to be the fastest person. You has to be, you just have to be faster than the other guy. Right. Like, you know, if the bears coming, and that's, that was, that was my philosophy the whole time. So.
0: Oh my yeah. gosh! You got to yeah. live. You be
1: the one to live to tell the story. <laughs> that's that's exactly that is exactly it. That is exactly, exactly.
2: right. I have to say, Alyssa, did you ever play volleyball or be asked to play volleyball because of your height? <laughs> I love the follow-up questions. <laughs> 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 um, I played
0: by my own choice in junior high and high school, and it didn't work. It was it was such a fun sport. So so much fun but um I had a teammate try to play both in college and it was the max it was just a, a train wreck every single day so I was like I'm really glad that I did not try to go that route
2: well that was my classic segue just to we gotta um, give the uh, WC volleyball team some credit uh some shout oh yeah uh, they are currently in first place and they are playing Dub this weekend for a, a home and away series uh, that, you know, with first place on the line, UW is in second by percentage points. Um, so pretty exciting time. Uh, you can catch, if you're listening, you can catch those games. I, I, am not sure what they're on. At the very least, they're going to be on the live, WSU live stream and UW live stream. Um, but they, you might be able to catch them on Pac 12. I haven't, I haven't looked yet, but, um, volleyball is such a fun I've seen a few. Yeah.
0: I've seen a few on Pac 12 networks.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: For, yeah. for
2: Wazoo. Oh yeah, so I just looked. They're both both the the the, the one on uh, on Friday is on Pac-12 Washington. I, I would assume the one on Sunday is as well. Uh, they usually put the like I think one of the games you did for basketball was the WSU U Dub game. I think that might be the one that we saw, but because uh, um, you know they always put the rivalry games on TV. So um, yeah, 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 so yeah, Pac-12 Washington, check it out. Uh, Huge game, uh, super young, uh, fun team to watch. I've said it before. They are uh, Jen Greeny's on this. Uh, unfortunate you, you'd say unfortunate kind of scholarship uh, rotation where she always has a, a, a year where she loses six seniors and has to fill them with six, you know, scholarships. So she loses half her team, all her leaders, whatever. Uh, but she has done that, and they've just kept it rolling. Uh, they would have made the or they made the tournament last year and uh mm-hmm. they they look like they're in line to do that again this year. Um so they're just a just a hell of a program. One of the better ones that, you know, WC's ever had and uh so just gotta give give them a shout out. Um uh, cause I, I, at this point, Alyssa, you're riding with us till the end. You lasted this long. <laughs> and, uh, like, I'm in. Yeah, yeah
1: you're stuck. I, you're stuck. I, it's funny, I asked, I
2: asked her like, what do you, what do you think about tag? But she's like, well, I like to be really thorough at uh, 30 to
1: 45 minutes. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, you're not, uh, you're not very That's familiar not thorough. with uh, how long our podcast normally lasts. Cause we talk Why so no? much bit.
0: A level up. Goodness. Yeah. I love it. You guys have changed the standard. Talk about changing standards. Wrap yeah. it up from the beginning of it. Like, Cam Ether just changed the standards? So are you guys. We are we thorough go. and we are in-depth. I think I think now I'm beyond a special guest. Like, count me in as, um, like, third player off the bench for Sweet. the podcast. Yeah. Right?
1: Oh, well, this, this podcast we're... would definitely improve by at least 150%. Yeah. <laughs> this...
2: It, it, as long as you don't get too famous because I'm worried about this you you're you're always welcome and and uh I this has been great but I do uh are you going to are you going to Texas for uh for the tournament do you get to go down there or is this virtual stuff
0: I don't think so there was like really quick talk about the possibility um, I'm not completely closing out hope because uh since they did have me as like the on site field reporter and in studio person, they're comfortable with me doing that. But it would have to be like maybe a Final Four national champion situation for Pac 12 Networks. And obviously they wouldn't have the game or anything, but I'm not totally, you know, crushing my own dreams, but I do need to be realistic and it's probably not gonna happen.
2: <laughs> and and what was uh nothing. what was it like that experience of uh standing for eight hours a day on the, on the side on the sideline in Las <laughs> Vegas for the pectal tournament.
0: Uh, comfortable shoes were very necessary. I love like the coaches are super casual this year. I was wearing Nikes and I was wearing like Hoka running <laughs> shoes. I was nursing shoes. Like I was not messing around and I, it was, well, it was so fun to be that close, but I was not your say- top
1: fashionable. Jessamine McIntyre always joked about how, uh, when she covered the the football team, that um, after one game of trying to keep up with Mike Leach on his way into the <laughs> locker room, that she would she had to get some she had to get some better shoes because uh, there was no way she was gonna she I think she wore some some variation of I don't think it was heels but it was but it was like dress shoes of some variety. And uh, she realized after one game that 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 was not going to do it.
3: <laughs> in the, yeah.
1: In the shoes, and and by the way, as a, as a teacher, I can appreciate how important it is to have uh, good shoes because it like every everything starts with your feet, man. It all starts yeah. with your feet, and if your feet are messed up, everything else is messed up. So, yeah, you got to wear those comfy shoes.
0: Well, so true. And, and so true. It's and Mike Leach being sneaky fast. Yeah. I mean that all yes. seems to be said yes <laughs> it's kind of deceptive
2: and, yep and deceptive I of course, speed i of course uh and this is called preparation in the biz but i was stalking you on instagram I was, uh, <laughs> and i saw it i saw your from when you were with you know when you were covering the team for KXLY. when you you were in a boot yourself uh yeah and uh and mike leach commented on it right <laughs>
0: yeah it was so good i i had the boot on and he's like I, I honestly it was probably my fourth encounter with him where he had already seen my boot, but maybe he was like plotting it out in his head a little bit about what to say, or he just straight up didn't recognize it until that point. But, um, he was asking me what the injury was and I was like, Oh, it's a stress fracture. And shoot. Now I forget the punchline to it. It's like, Oh, you should probably relax
1: more. <laughs> that's uh, like, that's like, it took me like, that's three a seconds very, and I was Mike like, oh. joke. that is a very, very <laughs> right. And, and, and he I... had like
0: the side smile, like the tiniest oh, side yeah. smile, like, just
1: wait till you get it you're going to be impressed <laughs> yeah 100% he's like dad joke central that guy um and i and i'm sure by the way he wasn't really setting it up the guy i swear is like um like like adhd like he just is like you know da 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 and then all of a sudden something catches his eye and he's like oh shiny thing look at that you know? like now i'm curious about this i mean i i did a i did a thing where i got to go is is very cool i got to go sit in on a quarterback's meeting um, with him and some oh, of the guys, nice. this was spring football a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, I don't know if you remember, but Pullman had like this, um, like this biblical rain that like flooded downtown. This was like <clears throat> spring football, I think two years ago. And, um, it, so like there were, you know, I, I'm attending this thing the next day that the flood had come the, the night before and, and like, you know, I'm just sort of hanging out in there and I'm trying to be, you know, real quiet because I don't want to, you know, upset anything. And and he's like, yeah, did you hear about that flood? And I'm like, yeah, did you see the pictures? And obviously he's like, oh, and he's taking my phone. And I'm like, you know, kind of <laughs> and, and he's like looking at pictures and I'm all I'm thinking is I like okay, I didn't send any text messages to anybody that is going to like... Oh my response re- Like notifications aren't going to pop up on my screen right now, right? Like, and I'm like <laughs> racking my brain. I'm like, I didn't leave like a weird like website open. Like, i was thinking like, Mike Leach has <laughs> like, my phone and if something weird pops up. So anyway, yeah, crisis averted, you, everything turned out okay. If I send you some
2: uh, Hangouts messages, uh, like, so yeah. some, like talking crap about Leach, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, is, <laughs> yeah. you
1: know, because I was texting my friends, you know, I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I'm in this quarterback's meeting. This is so cool. And and like, yeah. I could just imagine somebody texting back, like, is Mike Leach being weird? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, really, like, you know, pop up. I, I don't know. So anyway, I was, I was, I was thankful once he handed the phone back to me and, and I felt like we connected for a sec over, <laughs> you know, flood photos, uh, downtown. So anyway.
0: Oh yeah. And it's always the most random things for a connection totally like that, the most but it's the best. Stuff. You will never forget it. Like he is such a memorable character in literally every way.
1: No doubt. No doubt. And he's like the pe- the the guy that people see in the press conferences where people were like, you know, is, is like, that can't be real. Right. And I'm like, no, yeah, for real. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, this I'm is genuine. This is, the, this is him. Like, this is not an <laughs> act. It's not a stick. I mean, I think he leans into it. So, I mean, I think totally. there's, there's a bit of that, but but no, but like this is pretty much who he is, yeah. and this is pretty much what he does, and <laughs> um super curious, asks a ton of questions, and will engage with anyone. So
0: Yes, we'll expand so far on the most random topics outside of football, and he's so passionate about it, which I can respect a ton. You have to respect it. Yep. It's he is a natural curious being.
1: No
2: doubt. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess uh, I, I do. There was one more thing I had to mention from Instagram and I was hoping you were going to pull it up with like what inspires you as a broadcaster. Um, and I, you probably might know what I'm talking about at this point. Um, cause it drew me to the picture was you were stand you were in uh, Beasley Coliseum and, and you were, you were with Greg Heister and all that. And well, I could ask you questions about Greg cause he's a pretty interesting character himself, but we're, we're already pretty deep <laughs> yeah. into this. We'll bring you back for that. Um, but uh, um, you know, how does the guy that the security guard that beat Michael Jordan at Dice how does he inspire you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, oh his just disposition the the quiet <laughs> confidence but you're willing to do that pose on Michael Jordan the king right. of kings like what I love that he was like maybe my favorite character from that whole thing.
1: Yeah that might and, have been the best part of the whole series. Yeah.
0: Right? It was like, and Michael was pissed. Like, Jordan was not happy about it. He was like joking around a little bit, but you could tell he was like pretty livid. And this dude is oh, just yeah. coming in here and taking trophies, taking names and coins.
1: He's just loving
2: it. Yeah, you saw like.
0: Yeah, I, I would take that demeanor into my everyday life for
2: sure. You saw the real, like, the realest of real Michael Jordan at that moment. When, <laughs> yeah. when he's losing a game, like anything, he can't lose anything. He's losing a, a game, any, any game ever. To a to a security guard, and he's he's got to he's got to wear that, and someone's got a camera on him,
1: <laughs> and he's yeah. got to pay up. That's the other thing my husband oh, yeah. doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so true.
0: <laughs> Not a secret there, but yeah, no. I would say his inspiration of just like if if a big moment happens for you, you know, just embrace it, like hands up, like here it is, I'm gonna take it, and. I don't know if I'll ever have the chance to beat Michael Jordan in anything, but um, I think just with this year and how crazy it was, the opportunities come and they're fun and you gotta, you gotta embrace it and be excited about it, make the most out of it. I don't know if that dude made anything with his, I'd love to know what he did with his winning <laughs> yeah, competition. Change the world.
2: Well, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, this has been a blast. Um, if, I, you know, you open invitation anytime you want. Um, we're always, uh, you know, trying to cut down the amount of times we bicker as a married couple. And it's always, <laughs> it's always good to have that mediator uh, to help mediate arguments and everything. Um, uh, I love the way you think about basketball. I, I love the way you analyze games. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, and uh, yeah, we're hoping, as Jeff said, women's games men's games hopefully when you get to travel again you'll get to go to all sorts of places and and, uh we'll 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 just get you'll become a fixture and 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 that's truly what we're hoping so um is there anything you want to you want to plug while you're here you want to your your twitter your instagram any your linkedin profile anything like that (laughs) linkedin for sure (laughs)
0: I always, I've made the joke too many times, but I'm like, yeah, check out my MySpace. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if that's a website anymore, is it? Don't look. If it is. It's a I'm music sure, website. We it's yeah. like an it MP3 really
3: it website. Really, technically exists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. I was just randomly talking to someone to not to go on a tangent, but like how we were basically coders, like we were making ways to like make your profile move mm-hmm. and like stars fall down and like soundtrack of your life on your MySpace. Oh right. man, I'm just thinking but, about.
2: <laughs> I'm just thinking about your age and yeah, you must've been in like middle school when MySpace was really, really hit. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a perfect, we're really
0: getting after it.
2: Yeah. You were just learning to code, you know, uh, <laughs> STEM <laughs> education, MySpace.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Important. So impressive. But I mean, handle wise, it's just at Alyssa Charleston. If you want the content, um, it is a little Gonzaga heavy, but, you know. It we was, definitely have
2: some Gonzaga we'll get, fans. There are definitely some Coug, Cougs. There's eggs. some
1: crossover. Yeah. There's some cross. Not with these yeah. two guys.
0: but there <laughs> Right. Are, uh, there's crossover. Well, I'm excited to see what Kyle Smith keeps doing, and I want that that to be a rivalry
1: renewed. Yes. We'll yeah. see if whatever happens. All yeah, about well, about yeah, it. Put, yeah. It, put in a phone call to, to, you know, to Mark and be like, hey, man, WSU would love to play you, you know. If you're, if you're interested, you know, maybe you could be our middleman, like our broker on that. Okay. Try to get, (laughs) get into the scheduling side of things. Oh yeah.
2: We're putting that on you. Okay. Yeah.
1: This is your, this is your job. You want to come back on the show. Don't come back until you got us a game. (laughs) All right. And not in the happen. All right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Done. Done. I'll see you
2: in 15 years. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no joke. Kidding. Yeah. But, yeah, but seriously, though, it, it was so cool to cool have you
2: on. Content, I cut you off. For what? You, oh, you I was going to
0: make it. I was going to make it like Mark Few doesn't have email jokes, so I was going to send a, a, <laughs> an owl or something. <laughs> But anyways, awful joke. Uh, what were you talking about?
2: Uh, so you said you were about to say where people can find your Gonzaga uh, stuff oh, that you're goes. producing. Uh, and I cut you off. Um, so where where can they find <laughs> yeah. that?
0: So um, my live stuff and Gonzaga stuff and basketball stuff in general, it's all at Alyssa Charleston. There's no E in Charleston. And I have a website too, but that's just Squarespace if you search that. And I've been... I'm going to try to post some of uh, this Pac-12, the latest Pac-12 tournament stuff, just all the crazy cool. COVID protocol and all that. So, at Alyssa Charleston. Cool. Cool. Thank you guys for having me on. This was so fun. Like I said, I've listened to you heavily uh, when Mike Leach was head coach. I just didn't cover the Cougs football a ton once Rolovich got there. So, just because <laughs> well, of the job situation. Cool.
1: We, we appreciate you elevating our level of discourse from the usual crap <laughs> that we put out. So like for real, we we're realizing that if, uh, if we have guests and if they're smarter than us, then actually our podcast is better. And that's, that's kind of, that's the road we're going down right now. So I'm, yeah, we're already like, cause we went, I mean, we went a year before we ever had a guest, something like that. And, uh, and then we now we're looking at each other going like, I don't know. Maybe, we should, so this, you know. maybe we should do this guest this thing three more often. Straight
2: with <laughs> uh, you're, you're joining oh, – you're, yeah. you're up there in the Pantheon with Ken, Ken Pomeroy. So.
1: Yes, we've had Ken Pomeroy on. So, what? Yeah. 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 How about oh, that? I, I'd, right? I'd still recommend
2: going and checking that out. We had John Andrus – That, was, for that sure. was a good show. John Anders yeah, with I, Ken Pomeroy. It was the nerdiest thing in the world. It was great.
0: Wait, both of them on there? Yeah. At the yeah. same time? Yeah. yeah
1: John oh, actually brokered the thing, so – that was, that was what, uh, that, that was what prompted that. And that was, we were definitely nerding out. Like the closest Craig and I have ever gotten to, uh, Ken Pomeroy before this was, uh, we had both written for Basketball Prospectus back when they used to make a book. And, uh, and so we had done some stuff in there and, and Ken had done some stuff in there and we were like, look, we were in a book with Ken Pomeroy. Our name <laughs> is on the book just like his. Um, and that and was do, the closest. Jeff, and then we, I do have
2: to you say, know. I did meet him once at the that's Pac-12, right, that's right. I forgot about that in Las Vegas, yeah,
1: yeah. And it oh, was wow. like the
2: highlight of my life because he, um, we we chatted, I was beers deep for sure. Uh, and we were chatting <laughs> like at halftime, I, I just like went over to the media table and talked to him. Um, I was, I was just like, I was at like a work conference and the Pac 12 tournament have to be it I was, I was at a work conference in the mgm and the pacto tournament right there it was like incredible i was like this is the yeah you know, i barely went to the conference let's be honest um but so i i saw it, he said he was there so i like messaged him i was like hey you're, um i'd love to meet you so i went down and uh we were chatting and then right when i left he said keep up the good work and i was like Oh floated like back to my seat. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> was, uh, and then we had him on the podcast, which is super fun. Um still that one that is
0: incredible. One of those, I'm checking that out. One of those evergreen
2: to... episodes that I think you know, a lot of yeah. our yeah. a lot of our episodes are timely, but that one was just more about theory yeah. and, and everything, so it was pretty great. And
1: if I remember right, he claimed to remember you, which was even better. So
2: <sighs> Yes. Uh, I'm sure he actually didn't
0: but uh.
1: is he,
2: I
0: was going to say, is he a good liar? I'll determine. Yeah. He, he, they talk about it. You guys talk about it on the podcast, whether he remembers you or
2: not. Uh, yeah. I don't remember now, Jeff. Did he say, that?
1: I, you
2: I, me? I think he we did. We might have, or maybe, maybe it no, it was, it was a banter we before recording. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, it might've been, it
1: might've been before, but okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Craig, Craig gets the treatment, you know, I don't know, maybe this happens to you as well because you're, you know, rather tall, right? So Craig oh, yeah. is also rather tall. Craig is, Craig is six five. So, um, Easy to remember tall people, I imagine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. One so of the there you go. Tall, drunk positive. guy in cool gear.
2: <laughs> Hard <laughs> to forget.
3: Yeah.
1: It is true. We run, Love it. We wrote oh, books that together. Out. It's great. <laughs> I'm ex. Listen, I'm extremely forgettable. It's okay. So depends yeah. how long. That it's good to beard be remembered is, for Jeff. something.
2: Depends on how long your beard is at that point. That
1: is true. The beard's not very long right now, so I'm 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 very, very I I'm just I'm just middle aged dad right now, and that's. I'm it. morphing into that. That too, is all so. there is. I'll all never right.
0: forget either of you. <laughs> Ever. <laughs>
2: thank
0: you i can't wait for the next one and i, I will definitely pay watch that one tomorrow listen watch yeah. i will listen to that one good tomorrow. luck watching Cannot wait.
2: if you figure out a way yeah. to watch it then you have hacked into our computers in some <laughs> way that i do yeah, understand
1: there's a I'm reason a why we coder, do not so. record we do not record these podcasts we do not live stream them and there's we have good we have good reason for that let oh, me
2: tried to do that years ago it was it was not great. Yeah, Um great. But, Well, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But if you're if you're a big fan of the pod like Alyssa, and you haven't subscribed to it yet, please subscribe. Uh, yeah. Raise five stars. Leave a good message yeah. about how we have really good guests. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and uh, what if you got an email question for us or, or a comment or if you have any ideas that you want us to talk about? Because uh, in in about a month, uh, things are Going to be less busy. Uh, this is probably the busiest sports season we've ever had, um, with all the all the fall sports being played in the spring. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so that's everyone at gmail.com. dot um, I'm at the craig powers on Twitter. Jeff runs the at pod versus everyone account where he spouts just fire mean things about Pac-12 analysts unless their <laughs> name is Alyssa Charleston, then it's hundred percent positivity. <laughs> that's
1: um, pretty much the rule of thumb that's <laughs> pretty much the rule of thumb
2: alright again <laughs> thanks Alyssa um, and uh, you don't have to say it's Alyssa but Jeff and I are going to say we're going to say go Cougs
1: yeah go Cougs Craig, Black Lives Matter
2: Black Lives Matter